Time for a Mulcair Monday. Former NDP leader Thomas Mulcair is here. What a pleasure. Happy New Year. Hey, all the best to you too, John. Okay, so as we begin a new year, do you think this is a year of a federal election? I honestly do, and I think that there's no way for Mr. Trudeau to avoid it. So there's, of course, a, a certain reading of the tea leaves going on right now. And let me throw my own tea leaf into this discussion. You know, when it was revealed over the weekend, you know, that Justin Trudeau had gone to a $9,300 a night villa in, in Jamaica for the second year in a row. I was scratching my head saying, okay, is he tone deaf? And you know what? The answer is no. Trudeau is a very capable politician. He's smart. He understands the public mood. And for him to have simply said, no, I'm getting on the executive jet again, and I'm going, he's going to pay that part. And I'm going down to this villa that is going to cost, you know, some, somewhere close to 100000 Canadian to anybody else who wants to rent it. But I'm getting it as a gift from an old family friend. And I don't care. It's that last bit, John. It's the bit where he's sort of going, I- I'm disconnecting from this stuff now and i don't care what people say so to be fair about this uh, his office says that he had gone to ethics commissioner conrad von finkenstein had gotten signed off there was some ambiguity about whether or not he was actually going to pay for the trip but he was paying for the equivalent of the commercial flight down to jamaica but not for the villa but the average Canadian reading that the 5,000-square-foot villa offers six bedrooms with ensuite bathrooms in two buildings, sleeping 12 guests, and a private swimming pool and hot tub just steps away from a private white sand beach is scratching their head saying, I'm shoveling my driveway. This is not on. And that's where I'm starting to look at the Trudeau that I've known for many years and saying, this guy is getting ready to unplug. So when would that mean? Well, there'd have to be a leadership race to replace him. He went through the full suite, by the way, of interviews before Christmas, compulsory, spoke with all the editorial boards. Not said, all. No, no, I'm <laughs> sticking around, you know, but I, I, I don't believe it anymore. No, I don't think he's planning to stick around. Okay, and I don't want to dwell on this forever, the vacation, but uh, I will completely agree with you that it's tone deaf and maybe he should have gone to Mont Tremblant and gone skiing or something like that. Yeah. But aren't we a little panicked? Anti in this country and complaining oh, about totally. our leaders oh, com- and you know completely. I mean it's an elite level that they live at and no matter who they are I I could not agree with you more and by the way this is mature for a real conversation about how little we pay the prime minister of a G7 country it's chump change the prime minister of Canada makes about one tenth the salary of the average and average nhl player and so, so no it doesn't make any sense and yeah you know he's totally entitled to a break with his family and he's been through a lot on the family front in the last year so we know about the separation from august the good on them that, that he and sophia had gone down with their three children together despite that i couldn't agree with you more but i do think it's two different conversations and here what i'm taking away from it is justin trudeau's you know, shrugging his shoulders, saying, I don't care what people say. I don't care what the National Post is going to put in its articles. I don't care. We're taking a holiday. We're getting on one of those government planes. Oh, and by the way, when it breaks down, we'll just have them send another government plane down with a bunch of mechanics to try to fix it. Okay, so it's the 8th of January, and you've already got a nominee or a qualifier (laughs) for worst tweet of the year. 
Yeah, I, I have to give credit for <laughs> to, to Dr. Mike P. Moffat, who's an economist and an expert on housing, yeah. who was scratching his head and, you know, and sort of jokingly saying, well, yeah, here, here's my nominee. It's Elizabeth May, because, you know, Elizabeth May, like a lot of people who work in environment, is always railing against climate change deniers. You know, this is a crisis. We got to start acting like it's a crisis. Well, in this country, we have something called a housing crisis. And nobody who's looked at it seriously denies the fact that we have a housing crisis in Canada right now. Everybody except Elizabeth May agrees with that. She found some reference in The Economist to the fact that some of the cheaper cities in North America in which to live are located in Canada. That might be true, but overall, we do have this housing crisis. So this guy Moffat was going on about this just, you know, in a tweet saying, look, this is unbelievable. We do have this crisis. And so Elizabeth May is, you know, committing the sin that she always finger points climate change deniers. She's a housing crisis denier. And she thinks that because she read an article that the thing has gone away and that Pierre Poiliev, this this was her lesson to Pierre Poiliev, he has to redo, because facts matter, he has to redo his housing crisis thing about housing hell in Canada. It was a, an excellent bit of political communication. Yeah, a little bit of a nose stretcher here and there on certain facts. But overall, he was right. His thesis was was well-founded. And Elizabeth May is, I believe, completely out in left field. And legislation and MPs and senators to watch in 2024. What do you got on your agenda here? There are different things that are out there. This is interesting because when you're in a minority government situation, which we are in Ottawa and we have been for, for a while now, the last two elections, of course, gave us hung parliaments. I, I find it interesting that that's when private members' bills actually have a chance of, of making their way forward. The one to keep an eye on is, of course, the the, the attempt to carve out uh, for farmers uh, the, the existence of, on a lot of their heating fuels uh, of the famous carbon tax, which has become one of the rallying cries for, again, for Poilievre's conservatives. They've been doing extraordinarily well with that file. They made Trudeau back down in the Maritimes on home heating fuel. So now they're trying to go after farmers, which is the game that gets played on this. Once you get the one carve out, which I think was a huge mistake by Trudeau, then of course they get to say, well, if that, why not this? And that's the game. So that took the form of a private member's bill. It's been, to use the words of the Conservatives, gutted uh, by some of the changes that were brought in, in in the Senate. It's going to be going back to the House. They'll still be railing about it. So I do think, John, that this has been a gift for the Conservatives. By the way, I know that you know who this is. I'm not sure everybody listening to us would have heard of a, a television show on the French side at CBC, uh, Radio Canada, called Infoman, Jean-René Dufault. Yeah. He had an interesting interview with Stephen Gilbo over, over the holidays. And in it, Gilbo essentially pointed back at Trudeau for the carve-out on home heating fuel. And this, is, this, is, this guy's sort of a mix of... Uh, Rick Mercer and Professor Peabody. He's a guy with a background in science. So he looks at Gilbo and he basically leads, you know, the leading question. And he says, you know, why didn't you just put in the BART about bringing in, you know, the different heating systems that would be available, a massive government program, bring in heat pumps? Why didn't you do that instead of getting rid of the carbon tax, which, of course, is is a huge problem? And you should see the face on Gilbo saying, this is my at my moment to say that it wasn't my idea. He says, well, there are some of us who actually said that that's what we should do. And you could see what he was doing. He was <laughs> hanging Trudeau out to dry as he was doing this because he was essentially saying, yeah, I'm smarter than they are. I told him that this was going to be a huge mistake. Of course, that is, that is what it is. But at some point, if you're going to be doing that, you better do the rest of it, which is 
to walk uh, rather than just pointing back at the prime minister's office and saying, yeah, those dummies didn't listen to me. So this is something to to keep an eye on as well. Thomas Mulcair, what a pleasure. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Talk to you next week. All the best, John. That is political analyst Thomas Mulcair, former leader of, at that time, Her Majesty's loyal opposition.